right. And to the Super Kicking with Steven show. Glad to be here. Special Wednesday night edition. Uh, as you can see to my right is not the Greg one. Uh, he is celebrating a birthday. So he is not part of this tonight, but it is okay. Happy birthday to my Super Kicking and host. But today we have a special guest. Uh, the second interview I've ever done on Super Kick with Steven. So thank you, David Potter. Um, I believe in your Facebook stuff, it's listed as MMA athlete, wrestling personality, uh, whatever else it says, VIP of some sort of club, NYC. <laughs> no, no. So, you, <laughs> so that's Jack of all trades, master of none, correct? Master of none. So um, we are glad to have you. And uh, if you want to just jump right into it, tell us who you are, what you're all about. And uh, if you have a little promo to give at the beginning, you said uh, before we went on air, have at it. And then we'll just jump into some back and forth about it. Absolutely. And welcome to all my bros and hoes in different area codes with swollen lip notes and tiny chodes. I want to thank everybody for joining. And by the way, Steve, thank you very much for having me on your great program, BW Sports and One, with my favorite bedtime hero, Dan. Now, one day when I grow up, I'm going to be a podcaster just like Dan and you, but I'm going to, I'm going to work on it as we go along. But I'm, I'm very excited to be here to talk pro wrestling. Uh, obviously, I'm a retired MMA fighter. I won my last fight in Pancras. Um, I'm a retired pro wrestler, um, pro wrestled for quite some time, and I'm now an MMA commentator, but I'm going to be switching gears over to Heart Legacy Wrestling, which is going to be on Fight TV pay-per-view March 26th, and they're going to deliver more goods than a UPS driver, it's going to drop more pains than a seasonal worker at Victoria's Secret, and melt more faces in Vietnam. A huge card uh, from the first arena in Amarillo, New York. March 26th, order it on pay-per-view, ran, of course, by the legendary Hart family, of course, Stu Hart. They're going to come back with something different, the biggest pro wrestling promotion in Canada. They're going to come to New York and bring the best talent, including one of my childhood heroes, Shannon the Ken Rich. Uh, he's obviously has a movie coming out on Netflix, coming out um, uh, on Friday, so I'm very, very excited about that. He's a Pride veteran, uh, MMA veteran, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, bare knuckle veteran, and also a pro wrestling uh, veteran. He's going to be in the main event. Uh, Teddy Hart's also going to be returning as well. And, and Stu Hart, you know, I don't need to tell you anything you don't know. I mean, Stu Hart of the legacy, the patriarch of the legendary Hart family. I mean, he used to come with his traveling circus, bring the tigers, the bear. Uh, it's noted in Bret Hart's book how uh, the bear used to hide under the Hart family house and they would have their toes dangling and, you know, eat ice cream bars and have the uh, the stuff drip to their toes and the bear used to lick it off. I mean, mm -hmm. Stu Hart is a legend, a pioneer in the uh, the uh, pro wrestling business. So, you know, they're going to carry on that legacy with Hart Legacy Wrestling. I'm very excited for it. March 26th, Fight TV pay-per-view, co color commenting by yours truly. And uh, I can't wait. I'm very, very excited about it. Is this your first four-way foray into Pro wrestling commentary, or have you done that before? Um, I've done it once before. It's it's always been boxing. Uh, I, I've been on Fight TV for MMA, uh, boxing, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu. Uh, I've been on Fight Planet TV, been on um, uh, FightCardUVA.com. I've been commentating since 2017, but my biggest passion is pro wrestling commentating. And I'll give you a little example and a cheesy story, and I'm sure my family's listening to this, they'll remember this, but when I was a kid, they didn't have MMA action figures. I got back into pro wrestling. I used to watch it as a kid. Owen Hart was my favorite. Bret Hart was my favorite. So leading up to why I, I want to be a part of Hart Legacy Wrestling. But when I was a kid, they didn't really have MMA action figures. And I, I my first WrestleMania was WrestleMania 14 with Mike Tyson because obviously I grew up uh, 
MMA and boxing fan, and I heard that Mike Tyson was going to be at WrestleMania 14, I was like, holy crap. So that's when I started watching um, pro wrestling again. And they didn't have pro wrestling, uh, they didn't have MMA action figures or boxing action figures, so they had pro wrestling action figures. So I used to set up the ring, set up the arena, do my own pro wrestling commentating with the action figures. And that's when I started like doing color commentating for pro wrestling, you know, when I was a kid. Fourth grade, fifth grade, started commenting my little wrestling action figures, pretending I was Jim Ross or Jerry the King Waller or Vince McMahon or Roman Monsoon, if you're old enough to remember that. But um, yeah, it, you know, I've always, even though I started as an MMA commentator in boxing and kickboxing, I always wanted to do pro wrestling commentating. So being able to do this, especially for Heart Legacy Wrestling, is a dream come true. Because again, I grew up an Owen Hart fan and a Bret Hart fan. So this is uh, this is an honor. I can't wait to be a part of it. And uh yeah, first first time really well, uh, the entire animation. Part uh, legacy yeah. wrestling. Who is run? Who like is the head of that? Is there a Hart family member part of that, or is this kind of taken on by somebody else who just you know was able to get the rights to it? Uh, tell us a little bit more about that wrestling. It's a wrestling promotion, correct? Absolutely, and they've been around for quite some time also. So okay. HartLegacyWrestling.com. You can find out all the history of this promotion, but they've been putting on. The best shows featuring the best talent all throughout Canada. They work with uh, some members of the Hart family, uh, not Bret Hart, uh, but uh, it's run by Stacey Angel, who's a great promoter. Uh, she's really putting together an innovative card. She rather she she wants to innovate as opposed to imitate, which is you know that that's a page out of the uh, the Hart family book, so to speak, and that's it's living up to that name of innovation over imitation. Uh, but it's ran by Stacey Angel. Also, uh, Teddy Hart is, is a part of that okay. board of directors. And I, I, I'm just very proud to be associated with it. So, you know, they're one of the biggest pro wrestling promotions in Canada. And they're going to be bringing that to uh, New York. And they're going to be bringing it to uh, First Arena, uh, March 26th on Fight TV. And how did you get uh, invited to that? Or how did you become part of this? Uh, begging, pleading, uh, <laughs> you know, going on two knees, uh, praying to God on a shooting star. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Chan Ken Rich, obviously... He's a longtime friend of mine, but he's one of my heroes in the sport of mixed martial arts. And he, I saw that he was main eventing, and then he asked me, he's like, uh, have you ever done ring announcing? I'm like, uh, in my sleep, in my dreams I have. But mostly I've done color commentating. So, uh, of course, they're looking for a color commentator. I submitted my resume, and thank God I got the uh, the opportunity. And I'm just, I'm just really excited for it, man. Like, color commentating for pro wrestling hits different, you know, it, it, much different than MMA commentators and, and commentating for MMA and boxing. While it's great, it's always been a dream of mine doing uh, pro wrestling commentating. So being able to check that box with uh, a, a promotion that just, you know, prestige is behind it. You know, just not, it's just not the Heart Legacy wrestling name, but so many people have come out of that system and out of that territory to uh, go on to bigger, big, not just bigger things. I mean, bigger things. Uh, obviously, Heartland wrestling. Yeah, but going on to like AW or WWE, uh, mm -hmm. plenty of wrestlers have come out of that territory to go on to AW, like, um, uh, like, um, oh, what Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy, for example. Yeah, yeah okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, yeah. Just for him, for example, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, for them to come over in New York and me being able to be the best seat in the house and being able to commentate for it. You know, I'm at a loss for words. I'm juggling by words a lot because yeah. that's how excited I really am. Well, we're you know, looking forward to that. I mean, yeah, you think about Canada and just, I mean, the amount of talent you oh, know, yeah. that comes off there. And, I mean, it's funny, Ethan Page, he had a big announcement that he's relocating to the U.S. from Canada yeah. just so he could – 
you know, be more available. I mean, that's the thing, you know, you got to think here for a couple of years, that's how, you know, they've been able to come, uh, but not as much. Or you think about Brock Lesnar, you know, where is he located out of right now? Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's pretty crazy to think. Um, and uh, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Omega, yeah. And uh, yeah. Brock Lesnar is obviously enjoying the greatest time of his life right now. Um, if you've been watching WWE, it's amazing to see what he's kind of turned himself into, um, you know, from where he was. Uh, you also have some MA experience. You said you called a Bobby Lashley fight. How was his MMA career? I'll be honest, I don't know anything about his MMA career. You know, he went, I mean, I always joke, wrestling is a fandom of mine, David, and yeah. that is so much to keep track of. You know, I <laughs> like people are like, are you into Marvel movies? I'm like, no. I'm like, wrestling, you know, like, I, and I've told people, it's on five nights a week. Like, if I really want to watch it, you know, I could watch it five nights a week, like some live yeah. promotion. And who knows? You know, it's even beyond that. But anyway, so uh, how was Lashley's MMA career? He was pretty solid, correct? Uh, he's fairly solid. Um, the, the, the the biggest, and by the way, just to correct you, I, I never commented on Bobby Lashley. Right, my fault. He's actually on my podcast. He was on our podcast twice. Um, Bobby okay. Lashley, great guy, and I have a lot of respect for him. And big shout out to him. Obviously, he's not going to hear it, but <laughs> yeah. you know, big shout out to Bobby Lashley. But you, um, know, you mean he doesn't listen to Super Kicking with Stephen every Saturday really at eleven a.m. <laughs> he really should. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Bobby Lashley, his enemy career was good. Um, but I think balancing out a pro wrestling career because he was also a part of Impact. While he was yeah. pursuing Bellator, oh, okay, that's right. Okay, so he wasn't really pursuing it for a time, so I don't think he really evolved. Besides the fact that he had a mean double, he has a he has a amateur wrestling background and a very good amateur wrestling background at that. Uh, he didn't necessarily evolve. If you put him in tight waters, like he had some key wins against uh, uh, Bob Sapp, obviously, and uh, it, he never really was able to dedicate himself fully to becoming an all encompassing. Uh, fully evolved mixed martial arts. If he spent more time with mixed martial arts and really pursued this as like his primary goal, I'm sure Bobby Lashley would have been a murderer, just like uh, uh, Brock Lesnar was. Oh, yeah. But he was uh, a, a jack of all trades, of course, and he was also wrestling for Impact, uh, uh, fighting for Bellator. So he was, you know, kind of spread out and, and pro wrestling. You know, the biggest difference, especially for MMA people, and this is how I explain to MMA fans of what. You know uh, what's the difference between MMA, uh, MMA, and uh, pro wrestling? MMA, you're training, and this is the most simplistic way I can explain it to people. MMA, you're training to not get hit and not submit and not get beat up. In pro wrestling, and why everyone, even MMA fans, should respect pro wrestling is because pro wrestling, you are training to get hit over and over and over again. There is nothing fake about taking a bump. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. Once you take a bump, you, you you know. You're training and designing an entire match, 15, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, to getting beat, to getting beat up. You know, it's uh, – Ronda Rousey even, um, you know, she said, holy crap, pro wrestling is a lot harder. And this was at one point in time the greatest female fighter of all time and yeah. uh, a pioneer of uh, women's MMA. Uh, she even said, holy crap, this – Pro wrestling is just as tough as MMA in in different different ways, but um, yeah, Bobby Lashley, if he dedicated more time to it and wasn't spread out so thin, I I think he would have been a complete evolved monster like Brock Lesnar was. Yeah, and of course at that time, I think Impact had the huge partnership with Bellator at the time, so that's probably yeah. why maybe Lashley kind of wanted to go back and forth. I mean, yeah, you look at the guy, I mean, he's a hoss, you know, 
you would think he could easily devote his time. Obviously, now he's a little bit older, so I doubt if you know he's he's making he's doing fine in uh, WWE, so um, and making it there. So, uh, tell us about your experience watching WrestleMania. You said fourteen. Uh, fourteen. I am a little bit older. I attended WrestleMania eight. Believe it or not, wow. Um, I was only ten. Uh, that was nineteen ninety two. But um, fourteen, obviously, is the big one with Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, it doesn't get any better than Jim Ross's call. Um, oh, yeah. The Stone Cold era has begun. I mean, that because oh, yeah. I guess, you know, people do forget, like they think Stone Cold rose like overnight. I think some people, yeah. us wrestling fans, we know, you know, the story. Like it took him, it took him a little bit longer. He was, you know, Hollywood Blondes and WCW gets fired, goes to mm-hmm. ECW, just works on the promo part and yeah. then, you know, becomes Stone Cold, you know kind of over a year or two of WWF at the time. But uh, yeah, what did uh, what'd you, you know, who were you a bigger fan of back then? Were you rooting for Sean or Stone Cold? Um, I was rooting for Stone Cold because I, I remember so vividly, even as a kid, I, I saw the advertisement, Tyson, HBK, Austin. So I'm like, wow, Mike Tyson's coming back. And you got you to gotta figure, too, I was a Mike Tyson fan fresh out of the womb. Okay. I mean, my first video game I ever played was Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Oh, uh, I watched my first memories of pro wrestling is watching Jake the Snake Roberts sick a, 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 a viper or a cobra onto Macho Man Randy Savage. And, like, as a kid, that, that freaked me out. I'm like, oh, yeah. wow, Freaking awesome. So, and, and naturally, you know, this was around the time where uh, Owen and Brett were doing the brother versus brother thing. I think it was like two years later or a, a year yes. later when, when they needed a fresh heel and uh, Owen Hart was done with the Blue Blazer. He done his he did his stints in Japan, which I suggest to all MMA and sports fans in general, if you want to see the best, most quality pro wrestling, watch Owen Hart versus Houston Thunder, Thunder Liger from uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, back in the early 90s. It's probably one of my favorite matches of all time. But um, nevertheless, back on topic. Um, of course, Mike Tyson got out of jail. Uh, UFC was starting to get some get some fire, and Shooter was already going on in Japan since 1988. And, um, you know, Pancras was obviously going on in Japan. So tape trading was a big thing. Uh, you guys probably are too young to remember, but back in the day, there was no YouTube. You would have a little magazine. You would be able to tape trade with uh, – with all fellow pro wrestling MMA people get tapes from Japan, all that good stuff. So nevertheless, I saw the advertisement from Mike Tyson and, and I'm like, who's Stone Cold Steve Austin? Who's, uh, I remember Shawn Michaels from the Rockers, but like, who, who, I got, I got to catch myself up with, uh, with, uh, HBK, uh, Austin, all those people. So there used to be a West coast video and my mom used to bring me there. And I used to get all my, uh, my UFC fix from there, uh, especially okay. tapes I didn't have. And so I was watching, I watched survivor series, 1996, uh, where it was Austin versus Bret Hart. Because obviously I'm going to go by the names that I know, like Bret Hart. So I saw Bret Hart versus Stone Cold. I saw Bret Hart, um, you know, Stone Cold applying the uh, the Million Dollar Dream and then Bret Hart with that awesome finish. Probably one of my favorite finishes too was was the finish of that match. Um, and then I was watching HBK's work. I saw him versus Psycho Sid. And I saw him back at Royal Rumble uh, where he got the belt back from uh, Psycho Sid. Um, at the, uh, I, I believe the Alamo uh, in Texas, where he beat yeah, Psycho. Yep. Uh, saw him go heel, full blown heel. I saw the Degeneration X pay per view. I saw the Royal Rumble. Prepared myself. I'm like, wow, I'm a Stone Cold Steve Austin fan because how they built it up. And Stone Cold Steve Austin to confront Mike Tyson 
Back in the day, and I need a Vulcan mind trip, you guys, but back in the day, Mike Tyson, despite losing to Buster Douglas, despite losing to Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson was the baddest man on the planet and the most terrifying individual who ever laced up boxing boots and whoever put on the boxing gloves. And, and to watch Stone Cold Steve Austin come to the ring and say, I want a piece of Tyson's ass, I'm like, that guy's got some balls. He was going to confront Mike Tyson. I'm going to root for that guy. And, and not just that, too, but I was also drawn to the pay-per-view. Ken Shamrock was a part of it, fighting The Rock. So I instantly became a Rock fan because his promo skills were, like, top-notch. Mm -hmm. uh, so, obviously, I wanted to see Ken Shamrock. I, I heard Dan the B. Severin just signed, and shout-out to him. He was actually on my podcast twice. I consider him a good friend, so shout-out to Dan the B. Severin. Um, but it had everything. It was – this event – and Takamichi Noku, and back, remember how I told you about New Japan Pro Wrestling, how I was a fan of that? Um, Takamichi Noku brought that Japanese style, like, to WrestleMania. Legion of Doom, I used to watch WCW and saw Legion of Doom, uh, like, old tapes of my, with my dad. It, the event it had everything. I was automatically hooked again on pro wrestling after WrestleMania 14. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing beats when you have the, the Raw, that Tyson shows up, and you have Stone Cold shoving. And I think it's one of the bodyguards or Tyson, all the money comes flying out. Yeah. You just think they're just walking around with, you know, hundreds of dollars. Um, not to, I don't know what we could take credit for here in Indianapolis, David, but that's actually where Mike Tyson's infamous um, uh, run in, I believe it was with the act or who, who the, the woman that, you know, allegedly he raped, which, you know, did get, put into court and it actually took place at um a courthouse down here in indianapolis so we have our own taste of mike tyson and you know <laughs> uh at the time my dad actually worked at the city county building where they were gonna you know we all you know put him in or run him through the front doors to go you know go to the courtroom but uh so i know really? a lot of people were there at the time you know i think that was that had to be early 90s i think wow. when it happened because it was at a hotel in Indianapolis. So wow. we got our own piece of history with Mike Tyson. I don't know if it's, it's not a not great a history, yeah. but yeah. So, um, but yes, I, I was, a, you know, I was always Stone Cold fan. I mean, like 99, 2000, 2001, it was either do you like Stone Cold or The Rock? I mean, essentially. Right. And it, or, you know, it was mostly WCW and WWF. So did yeah. you watch any of WCW? Cause I did not like, I, uh, on Monday Night Wars, I did not flip back and forth. I just kind of kept tabs on it. But were you um, even involved with WCW? Or not involved, sorry. Did you pay attention to it at all? It was very convoluted. It was very um, – it was very – because I was looking for after, – after WrestleMania 14, and one of my friends from school was actually telling me that the big confrontation, the big blow-off between uh, – the first time Mr. McMahon was going to fight against Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to be on TV. Um, I was flipping and I was trying to find what station it was on because back in the day, again, you had to have a TV guy in order to figure out. I didn't know it was on USA Network. I didn't remember. Uh, so I caught the end of a Nitro um, with Ultimo Dragon wrestling somebody. And and what, what I noticed, too, uh, when I was flipping back and forth between WCW and WWE, uh, WWF back in the day, but WCW was very disorganized as far as their storytelling. But WWE kept things very simple, stupid. You knew who were the bad guys, who were the good guys, who were the people cheering for, who were the people booing for, who was a rival against who, um, blah, blah, blah. But like WCW was very, very hard, hard to follow, even as like a fourth grader. And I caught 
Uh, maybe, you know, Goldberg during his rise. I saw the uh, his infamous match with uh, with Hollywood Hogan in the Georgia Dome when they sold it out. And it should have been on pay-per-view so you can get the pay-per-view buy-off. I do not know to this day why it wasn't because it was probably uh, the, one of the biggest matches and most anticipated matches since Sting and Hulk Hogan at Star King 1997. Uh, that was probably the last big match that people were actually anticipating to come from WCW. Um, neither here or there, I digress. Uh, but WCW just seemed like, even as a fourth grader, that they didn't know what they were doing. Which, if a fourth grader is questioning a, 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 a company that's under the confines of Turner and uh, AOL Time Warner, um, it, it's kind of uh, it's pretty bad. So uh, WCW I didn't really necessarily follow because it's just very, very hard to follow. Well, just, and I, it's probably deeper than, you know, everything, but it's just a topic we're discussing. So if we think about Stone Cold, he was an anti-hero. Yeah. And the NWO at the time, I think they, they became the cool thing. And that, you yeah. know, in that late nineties, I think we were looking for anti-hero. You know what? It, like, it's a weird thing to think about. Like at the, you know, at the time, I mean, you think about like the Sopranos, people love James Gandafadine, Gandafadine whatever Uh, (laughs) he was essentially you know a a bad guy but doing it for the right reasons i I, for me it's always been funny that the heels so that you know maybe you can think about that like kevin owens as a heel is sometimes in the right i mean doing the right thing or or i joke about larry david and curb your enthusiasm i don't know if you watch that show but i think sometimes i'm like he's in the right like about his little run-in so like you said, it it's interesting WCW how cool the NWO became. Yeah. When you consider they were they're not speak, but then yeah. again they were taking over the programming so much too. Yeah. I the, mean at the, the time. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry for interrupting. You. I apologize. No, you Why go you ahead. Think? You can take that off. Oh. Like, yeah. What did you did you follow anything of the NWO because they were all over the place? I mean, you you almost had to at least know of them and. Was there people, or were there other, like other your friends in, interested in WCW or anything like that? Uh, my friend Mike, in particular, was a big fan of the Wolfpack when they when they splintered mm-hmm. and they separated. Splintered, yeah. But um, with, with NWO, it, it it again became very disorganized. Like, oh, everyone's going to join NWO, and it's going to yeah. like they had their own pay per view. So, like, I knew this was a wrestling storyline even as a kid, and I believe in one of the documentaries they said that like. NWO seemed real at the beginning, but then when they had its own pay-per-view and, you know, their Eric Bischoff's in the credits and stuff, it's like, okay, this is not real. It's a wrestling storyline and it's going to be every single week. Like I couldn't tell day or night when it came to a WCW program because there was an NWO, um, you know, being them. And I, I wasn't watching NWO and I wasn't watching, um, you know, the downfall of WCW as it took place in front of our very eyes. But I remember Goldberg's rise, and I'm like, oh, Goldberg's very fascinating. And, like, that that was one of the actual original components that WCW ever created because WCW is, of course, bringing in all the WWF-made stars. Uh, very seldomly did any WCW stars make an impact besides DDP, Booker T, um, Big Papa Pong, which, yeah, Sting, um, and Goldberg was that one unstoppable entity that actually captured my imagination and was a reason of uh, a reason to flip back and forth. Mm-hmm. But I remember reading the newspaper, or my dad rather reading the newspaper and said, "Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Nash beat 
uh, Goldberg. So I remember g taking a glimpse at the ending of Nitro because Nitro used to go five minutes over or ten minutes over just yes. to get that Nielsen rating um, at the quarter hour. And knowing the finger poke of doom and seeing that was like, what the fuck? Like it, it, it's so frustrating as a pro wrestling fan. And this is the WWE product right now in the, the times we're living in where it, it's just like, I don't know whether it's day or night when it comes to a WCW program because NWO is always winning and very few and far in between does the WCW brand ever have that breakout star to combat the ever dominating NWO and still the, the reason why I like Stone Cold Steve Austin, the road to heavens paid with good intentions. Stone Cold Steve Austin, it, it turned out he wasn't such a bad guy after all. He was just being himself without apologizing yes, for it. Exactly. And was, yeah. And he was rebelling against a dominating boss. And on the other program, it was just the boss dominating all the time. You know, it, it Stone Cold, you got to see like he won the title. He was battling do love. Um, he lost against Kane in a screw job in a first blood match. He beat him the next night on Raw. Then uh, he went on to, um, you know, get he lost the title to both Kane and The Undertaker. He had that Survivor Series tournament, Deadly Games, and Vince McMahon screwed over Mankind just like he screwed over Bret Hart. And you know, you're, you're rooting for Stone Cold as he climbs back up. Mm -hmm. He won that Buried Alive match against uh, The Undertaker. Then he went back to the Royal Rumble. This McMahon screwed him out of the Royal Rumble. And then he went on St. Valentine's Day Massacre, beating Vince McMahon. Throw, like, you know, uh, Big Show throws him against the cage. Mm -hmm. Cage breaks. He lands on his feet. Holy crap, Big Show came out of nowhere. Like, mm -hmm. And then he goes on to beat uh, The Rock for the title. And you knew it was the, 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 the hero climbing. There was no hero climbing with the NWO, it was this: who's gonna, who's Hulk Hogan gonna beat up? Who's the NWO gonna, who's gonna join the NWO? Who are they gonna beat up this week? Who are they gonna spray paint? And then right when Goldberg lost, it's like fuck. There's no more heroes now. There, there's no more people to, to, you know, to any breakout heroes in WCW. There's no reason to watch. This is gonna be uh, NWO is gonna beat up somebody else's. That, that's why it, it completely turned off with the WCW product. It only took a, a taser to, you know, put down Goldberg. So I guess that's one thing. But yeah. Um, yeah. Stone Cold, it, I mean, and then him and The Rock have the trilogy of WrestleMania matches. I mean, oh. and even the last one, like, uh, you, ju you just, no titles were on the line. It was just, you know, who's the better man? Uh, yeah. that, you know, WWF at the time, they got really lucky to have two top guys. Like, you, you always hope for one top guy, you know, and then you think, like, you brought up, I mean, Mick Foley and Triple H were kind of those, they were integral to the Rock and Stoke Cold, you know, yeah. like, because you need those, you know, mid-card, not mid-card, because really Mick Foley was above mid-card at the time, but um, right. you just think, you know, you had, then then to see Triple H take off. I right. mean, if Triple H doesn't get a quad injury, who's to say where his, you know, he, he has to kind of reset his career. Like him and Stoke Cold were doing the power trip you know, thing and all that. So it's just been so many twisted turns in uh, WWF's career. And just to, like you said, to sit, like, it's funny to look back now and think, man, we got to grow up watching that. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to like turn on Peacock and, you know, find, if you could find the WWE section of Peacock, by the way, let's not even get into how horrible that um, <laughs> interface is when, the network was like, oh my god! Like I, 
I remember I joked, like I said, I wanted to take off work because the network was going to debut and you could literally yeah. find a moment and bring it up. You could type in a wrestler and bring up their matches, you know, other than uh, we'll just redact certain wrestlers name, but you know, you could still find his stuff on there. Chris Benoit. <laughs> Should we even? Ta- I don't even know if I want to tackle that uh, that door. But anyways, that you know, oh, that did, and that really did change. You know, that changed that changed wrestling. You know, WF because they had to kind of you know re- rework what they wanted to do. I mean, that shifted into the PG era. Yeah, just because of all the you know hoopla surrounding you know the whatever you know all the stuff that unfolded um the dark side of the ring by the way you know let's we'll give them a good plug if you if you want to see like i feel like that was a good closure to the chris benoit stuff their part one and part two that really um gave you all you need to know and you know why he you know whatever you believe he'll never be in the hall of fame i mean it just not never never and, and, and he'll never, ever touch a Hall of Fame. Uh, what he did was unspeakable. It's uh, sure. unforgivable. And woman, you know, um, Nancy Benoit, you know, I remember her from uh, WCW and that whole tragedy, how it unfolded. And yes, I for, to a certain extent, I, bl- I, I blame brain injury because I think, um, you know, trauma to, to the head is, you know, it, it, it plays such an important factor. Mm-hmm. I, I believe if people... Uh, knew what they know now. OJ Simpson wouldn't have killed, uh, you know, Nicole and killed uh, Ron Goldman. I believe that head trauma had something to do with it and make them short, short fuse. Um, I do, I do believe in the science behind it. But again, you know, it, it's inexcusable what he did, and it's very, very sad. I remember him wrestling in uh, in Japan as the uh, Pancras Kid, or uh, the, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but. Uh, wrestling under a mask, and I remember his matches in ECW. Um, yeah, it, 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 it is such a disappointment because again, I I loved all the I loved the Canadian style, which again this is why I'm so happy to be a part of Heart Legacy Wrestling. But I love the Canadian style. I've I, I've never met a Canadian wrestler I didn't like that I didn't think their style was completely innovative and awesome. Um, for Chris Benoit to do what he did, completely tarnish and erase. A, 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 a Hall of Fame worthy legacy, which is very, very, very disappointing. Uh, it's funny you brought up ECW. That's where I was going to go for a minute. Did you have any viewings of ECW back in the late 90s, or did you just kind of pay attention mostly WWF? Um, so, so I did watch my fair share of ECW. Taz, I, I, I loved Taz when he was in ECW, especially. Um, his um, his matches, his three-way dance with uh, Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka was a very, very good storyline, especially Masato Tanaka, who could take headshot after headshot or headshot with the chair. And he, he was one of my favorite ECW wrestlers. Of course, Mike Awesome, I just brought up. Just incredible. Um, awesome. Tommy Dreamer, who I met. Uh, he's he's a New Jersey native, so how can you not like Tommy Dreamer if you're from New Jersey? New Jack, when that music hit, Natural Born Killers, I, I was all about uh, New Jack. Uh, Sabu, uh, Sabu was awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed ECW because I liked Heat Wave 98 was the one that really popped out of my memory. And Rob Van Dam, I'm a huge fan of. Uh, yeah, Heat Wave 98 was my favorite ECW pay per view. Uh, yeah, I, I believe if it wasn't for ECW, there wouldn't be a WWF attitude and it wouldn't be uh, the wrestling oh, yeah. 
that Easily. wrestling nerd, yeah, that I know and love. I, I believe a lot of things were, you know, Steve Austin, for example, honed his craft as a promo uh, in ECW. And I, I think he still stole that beer, the, the beer swelling from uh, Sandman. You know, a lot of elements were taken from ECW and that adds to the era were brought in and pumped into not only the WWF format, but also WCW. They had uh, Sandman when he went over, he was hardcore hack. Uh, they had hardcore match for the hardcore title. Terry Funk uh, tried to revive that brand, but not even the great Terry Funk could uh, revive WCW at that point. But um, yeah, if it wasn't for ECW, uh, WWF wouldn't have beat. I truly believe this. If it wasn't for ECW and the innovative style, uh, the innovation from ECW, WWF would have never beaten uh, WCW in the uh, the ratings war. Well, we got to give their fans credit. I mean, they cheered yeah. and they booed. They told you if it sucked. They told you if it was good. Yeah. Um, the early days of NXT gave me that old ECW fan fill. You know, yeah. where um, uh, it's called the, the heyday of NXT, um, the black and gold brand where fans, you know, you knew, <laughs> you knew how you were doing in the ring. And, yeah. and that, you know, cause that's, that's what wrestlers feed off of, you know, now granted you, you have to either make them follow you or <laughs> hopefully you don't get screwed up by it. But yeah, uh, it's funny to think how the fans, you know, the fans just as much as the wrestlers of ECW, and then, like you brought up Taz, like it does suck. I he never got a fair shake in WWF. Now, granted, maybe he was. I don't. It, you've heard he was maybe possibly kind of hurting. You know, like it yeah. seemed like he's all the tail end of his career. But at the same time, I mean, you see his debut at uh, was that Royal World Rumble ninety nine with yeah Kurt yeah two thousand versus Kurt Angle yeah two thousand sorry. Um, my brain sometimes I forget you. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a few wrestling things, but uh, and you think you know he came out to confront Kurt Angle, takes him out, and then unfortunately it just kind of uh, that that's his highlight. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, maybe him getting kicked out of the um the uh, the ECW WCW thing. Now I now granted he did kind of reform himself by commentary, which is interesting what? to think. Like who would have ever thought? You know, yes, he could cut promos, but I mean, he was such he was so good in the ring, like yeah. those suplexes. I mean, I wouldn't want to take one of them, even if I knew the right way to fall. And then, you know, like you brought up, like you brought up the Tanaka and Mike Awesome, and then I think back Bam Bam Bigelow, like him and Bam Bam Bigelow. Like, who would have thought, <laughs> you know, had like two, three um, really fantastic matches? Yeah, and him and Sabu, and now there was some real life tension there. Just because at the time, Sabu thought he should have been the top guy, and then Taz was like, "No, I'm the top guy now." Like, you, you, I think Sabu went away or something. Like, I, I forget the whole workings of that. But yeah, it's interesting because you always need that top guy, and you know, you almost need those top two guys. Like yeah. right now, I think that it was it, that's tough. Like, you look at today's product, we have Rock, Rock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns, but they are so far from everybody else yeah you know it's a little tough um do you keep up on today's product are you kind of focused on other things that you've got working on um i i i try but going back to uh and by the way if i can just segue right. a little bit to what you were saying memorable moments bam bam bigelow taz trying to lock in the taz mission going right through the stage oh my god i i marked out sabu and taz and this is when, um, Sa I believe when Sabu 
was with Alfonso and so was Rob Van Dam during that, that time frame. Yeah. And, and I, I can always remember lights going dark and then lights coming on. There's Sabu, there's Taz, people going crazy. Fans made it 20 times better. And that's yeah. what what's important, the fans. The fans make the wrestling product. They tell you what's good, what's bad, what sucks, what's, what's awesome. And ECW made uh, – uh, the fans made ECW that much more better and that much more enjoyable. But going back on the product, the biggest problem I see with the product is it's not coming off organic. None of the characters are coming off organic. CM Punk, the last really organic thing was CM Punk and the uh, so uh, the pipe bomb uh, yeah. promo. That was the last time I saw the product organically telling me this is the guy, and, and it just it th this is what pro wrestling is. It should be real life characters, but the volume turned way 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 up as the the awesome Mister Cornette has always said. That is the best wrestling characters. But now you have a WWE, which is fully, I am a corporation. I am an entertainment brand. We're just trying to make money, appease stockholders, drive up money way, way up. We don't mind if we shut down the entire WWE network and sell to Peacock as long as our earnings, our quarterly earnings show well to our, uh, so we can stay face to our, um, to our investors. We don't care if the product sucks. We don't care if you dislike it, uh, like it. Um, I feel insulted when I'm when I watch WWE, and I feel like my intelligence is insulted. I feel like they're trying to jam down Roman Reigns down my throat. This is why John Cena. This is why the fans turn on John Cena because he was coming off organic. That Vanilla Ice thing and that rapper gimmick was not necessarily supposed to be a gimmick. He was just Vanilla Ice at the Halloween party. Stephanie McMahon, you know, he did that one like rapping thing, and then he went to a few with uh with Brock Lesnar. And then he became that heel that turned into a babyface just from being organic. And then the WWE started saying they started putting their touch and let's push him down everyone's throats. With this once organic character that you can attach yourself to and cheer for. Like Kurt Angle, when when he fought against Jericho and Jer like he he put over well, Jericho put him over. I mean, well, yeah, Jericho put John Cena over, that's when I knew that they were really trying to jam him down everybody's throats. And when he, uh, Kurt Angle exposed him that for the lack of wrestling talent that he really had, and that's when you knew that you had this underdeveloped, it seemed like this underdeveloped character that you were trying to push down people's throats. Mm -hmm. You know, like Kurt Angle's going to beat your ass for 20 minutes, and then uh, John Cena hits you with the FU, and then he pins it like that. And then I realized he was getting pushed down people's throats. The biggest problem with the WWE uh, right now is nothing's coming off organic, and it seems like very disorganized, very dysfunctional, very hard to follow. Uh, distinguish the favorites. Everyone's just create a character player one, create a character player two. Too much talent. The brand, the emphasis is on the brand instead of character development. I want you want you when you watch a WWE program, you just you gotta cheer on the brand. You can't cheer on individual characters, which is what the WF attitude, why it was such an important part of pro wrestling, is because you had every single character fully developed. Now it's just about developing up the brand and not developing up characters. And that's why Roman Reigns is like, eh, and Brock Lesnar is just, you know, come on, like someone's gotta someone's gotta yeah, you know, Brock Lesnar's been on top right now since 2012. Like, can we can we find some breakout star? Can we like someone can go on the mic and say Vince McMahon, you suck, or can somebody 
speak yeah. their mind or be just organically themselves like and be transparent without playing a character and you, you, you if you want to drink the wwe uh drink if you want to have a wwe drinking game count how many times they say you see you see like it's the same promo over and over again it just Mm-hmm. Like the the last time I watched an eight, uh, a pro wrestling show and didn't feel like I was insulted. One was uh, Heart Legacy Wrestling, which if I'm going to attach my name to uh, a pro wrestling promotion, I'm very proud that's a uh, Heart Legacy Wrestling, which wants they want character development, they want good storylines, they want to entertain a crowd, put on the best matches possible, yeah. and. Uh, AEW. I, I saw AEW Dynamite when they came to Newark, uh, New Jersey. And it was the first pro wrestling show that I watched besides Heart Legacy Wrestling that I feel like my intelligence wasn't being insulted. Great storylines, character development. Hook, uh, speaking about Taz, his son, Hook, is a rock star. Um, obviously, shout out to my friends, um, the uh, the infamous uh, members of uh, the Inner Circle, or are they going to break up? Um, uh, yeah, just... Flat out great character development and like uh, Angel Ortiz. I don't know what they call him now, but I know him as Angel, Angel Ortiz and Santana. But um, yeah, shout out to my friends who are currently working for AEW and Sunny Kiss. And just you know, wrestling. I don't. I, I like watching wrestling. That I don't feel like I'm being my intelligence is being insulted. When I watch WWE, I feel like that. When I watch Heart Legacy Wrestling, when I watch AEW, when I watch the Indies. That uh, like when I watch even NWA like that I, I don't feel like my intelligence is being insulted. WWE really has to, to step their game up, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah the NWA stuff is interesting because it's like an hour YouTube and you can just kind of catch it when yeah. you need to. Um, I've tried, you know, I've watched a couple episodes of it. I'll be honest, like I said, there's just so much out there. Um, Ooh, yeah. What is the indie scene like around where you're at? Um, yeah. Is that pretty hopping? Oh yeah, uh, Ace Pro Wrestling uh, always has great shows. Okay. Um, they're in New Jersey, ran by the great Mike Morgan. Uh, I wrestled under him in a couple of shows, and you know, big shout out to to Mike Morgan, who's always running a solid uh, promotion with Ace Pro Wrestling. Um, yeah, uh, besides that, you know, it's that that's pretty much uh, the wrestling I watch in the New Jersey, and of course, Heart Legacy Wrestling, bringing that Canadian flavor, that great Canadian style wrestling to new york uh that, that's gonna be the wrestling i'm gonna be watching i'm signed on for a year i can't wait to watch heart legacy wrestling uh, i hope everybody is excited for heart legacy wrestling they're gonna be airing every single month on fight tv fight tv pay-per-view i'm excited you know that's gonna be the wrestling i'm gonna be watching for the next year uh, how about your your foray into wrestling you said you were you wrestled a little bit or not yeah yeah i wrestled for what was your character who tell us more about you who did you present on well, did, was it ever on screen, or did you just kind of wrestle here and there? Yeah, so I wrestled here or there. Uh, again, um, you know, I switched off between MMA and pro wrestling, so my focal point wasn't necessarily in one thing. I just wanted to do all the things. Okay. Um, I was, I was uh, a heel uh, everywhere I went, which is like New York, um, Connecticut. Uh, I was definitely a heel. Uh, one instance in particular – I again, I, it's all about being your character with the volume turned way, way up. So, I, if I can describe my character, it was uh, a little guy with the Napoleon complex. Uh, one show in particular was for 2KW at the Ace Arena in Union City in 2011, where I played a heel so well that I was actually getting death threats. That the oh, place, no. yeah, Pete, the uh, Pete, the promoter of 2KW. Said, yeah, there's people that are threatening to kill you. Then, like, they, they're threatening to bring in knives and stuff. And I, I was, again, just being a heel. And then after the show, it got so bad. I'm like, hey, guys, 
I was just playing a character. You know, don't threaten my family. Please don't threaten me. You know, I'm I, I I'm peace and love and all of the above. You know, I'm I'm an MMA fighter. I was just trying to sell tickets, and we sold out the house. I mean, you know, it worked to the key. And uh, I hope Pete is watching this because you <laughs> remember that that I had to pretty much get escorted out in and out. Did you make it safely out of the arena. <laughs> Dudley boys talk about that a lot. You know, the Dudley boys of the nineties. The I mean, promoter. Actually, pro wrestling promoters said, I can't believe I got worked by this little motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> like and, and but later on, like, that's when I actually became a face where, like, I was, you know, there's that guy trying to make it. And I shifted my character to being instead of, okay, if you remember me, I was just trying to break out and make it in the sport, like, trying to make an MMA and pro wrestling. So I had that storyline. But again, that was just me with the volume turned way, way up because I'm a poor kid from Emerson, New Jersey. I grew up from very poor means. And, you know, you can trace that back and that transparency. That's when I started getting cheered. Um, you know, my, my last three pro wrestling matches, that's when I actually got cheered because people can relate to that where, hey, I was just trying to make a lot of noise because I'm a nobody. and I'm just trying to break out in MMA and pro wrestling. So that's how I kind of. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun telling stories. I love storytelling. And, um, yeah, it, it I, I have pro wrestling for the very few matches i probably had maybe nine or ten pro wrestling matches for the very few pro wrestling fan uh matches i had i have just as much respect and equal respect to mma uh, mma and boxing kickboxing jiu-jitsu all sports and i consider pro wrestling to be one of the best sports in the world it, it takes a very yeah. special individual to be a pro wrestler how was your mma career were you very pretty good. solid in that yeah, I mean, you know, I started off in 2006. Uh, my last fight happened in Pancras. Uh, happened, I finally won a belt, and I've been chasing a belt my entire career. I always fell short. Um, first title match, I was winning the entire fight, and you know, I, I I lost. You know, it was always there was always that thing I was chasing for, and being able to end that chapter with with a title and being able to retire. Because again, I also got injured in the ring too. Uh, 2015, uh, uh, you know, a basic elementary move where a springboard DDT. Uh, the opponent sprung off the the side. And just like, you know, we were just talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. I got hit, trauma right to my neck, C3, C4. You know, like I've had uh, neck problems. And by the way, I also had two more uh, MMA fights that I signed up for. So it delayed that pro wrestling match where I got temporarily paralyzed and had that serious neck trauma. 2015, I was supposed to fight in MMA a couple months later for ECF. It delayed it to 2017, so I can actually fix up my neck, which it never got better. You know, I still have tingling down my uh, my left arm, and you know, it's a godsend that I was able to get my last fight and actually win a belt because you know I I could again seriously hurt. I, I after that that injury, I um, pro wrestled one more time. I did three more MMA fights, so you know, thank God everything worked out. But you know, I I had been injured for quite some time. You know, so it's a blessing and just. You know, I, again, I don't think I'm an, uh, anybody special, but I never use that as an excuse to not contribute to something special. And pro wrestling, boxing, MMA will always be something special. And that's why I contribute where I can. I pay it forward, where I can be a commentator and hype up the next generation of stars or the current stars. Uh, you know, it's all about paying it forward. I got to get into the ring and live my dreams. So mm-hmm. I want to hype up people to the moon. Sell it strong. You know, that's the pro wrestling term. Sell it strong to all these great talent that's out there. And my plan is to uh, make it big league when it comes to not saying I'm already not big league. You know, I got 11,000 followers on uh, Instagram, you know, brush my soda off. But like right there, you know, follow it at David Potter IG. 
but being able to sell all the talent in boxing, uh, MMA, pro wrestling, be able to sell all this great talent. And hopefully through me commentating for all these different sports, people are like, oh, that David Potter from MMA is now commentating uh, pro wrestling. We like him. Let's let's go check out what he's commentating now and hyping up now. I just want to be the best hype man in the world, you know? And again, I'm no one special. I just want to be a part of something special, which I'm always thankful to being a part of something special. Uh, yeah, and not to share my own, well, not to toot my own horn, but I have one small foray into wrestling. Really? I've shared the story as I've shared a few times. So one summer, I think it was 99, 2000-ish, me and some friends started in June building a ring. Wow. Uh, we only had one event because the ring fell apart that night of the event. <laughs> because, so here's our, we're, we are not physics majors. Um, David, so we had the turnbuckles, but we uh, we had the ropes on the outside because, you know, we weren't very smart at the time about that. And I'll be honest, Home Depot is no help when it no comes help. to asking about building a wrestling ring. I remember they said, you know, we can help you with any project. And so we go, oh, we're looking to build a wrestling ring. And the guy looked at me like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, you know, he's like, well, come back with, you know, plans or what. But so it was. I don't know how there's, you know, five matches of us or whatever, but I was, <laughs> my character was Steve, the rock Flintstone. Well and done. I said, I'll make, I'll make your bed drop, which is my, <laughs> for, you know, I, as you can tell, I, I really put a lot of thought into that. Um, but yeah, the night of the event, like I think it was towards the end of the night and the, those, the, the turnbuckles just kept buckling in. And uh, yeah, so we, uh, <laughs> yeah that's my that was my and i remember taking one cane shot like a, a an actual cane oh my um, god and i was like okay i'm like i'm good i got hit you know whatever i'm good but yeah um oh, not cane the wrestler just a little little walking cane and i was like yep yeah, that's good i'm good we're we're i've done my wrestling career so i have I no more experience <laughs> how much did that cane shot hurt just ballpark ballpark it for me I, it, it was on my hip, so I could feel on the bone. Um, we actually had this on my YouTube page because uh, at the time we videotaped it. And um, But another funny story is we only videotaped like the beginning two matches at the end because my family was hosting a Halloween party at the time and we had a door issue, so my dad had to go fix that instead of oh, videotaping wow. it. So, yeah, we had, and it was shot in night vision because we did it outside. At night. <laughs> so needless to say, it was about as guerrilla warfare as you could get with wrestling. But yeah, that was my, that's my small. And I've done commentary once. Uh, shout Very out good. to MPG Wrestling. I uh, got to show up, you know, went to a little barn, did a little commentary for them and shared that. So um, they're still trying to kick it. I think they got a show coming up in March-ish at Comic-Con for Indiana. I think for Indiana Comic-Con. Uh, so thankful, you know, I don't, I'm not doing anything with them right now, but um, they kind of were off and on. So I never knew, you know, how to keep in touch and all that. So, um, but they're still kicking and trying to rise from the ashes, as they say. So, uh, but I did enjoy that. You know, it was one of those things I was going to, you know, ask you about how, how are you preparing for the commentary role? Are you going in just at least knowing the wrestlers? Are you trying to maybe get some, I hate to say lines, you know, like, I think we all want that catchphrase, obviously, like a wrestler. Are you yeah. just kind of going to 
you know, wing it and then whatever comes organic. I guess then you're organic guy. So you're probably going to kind of at least know the wrestlers and then approach it from that aspect. Yeah. So, so I'm uh, again, I, it became, so we, we run a show called Fight Mixer, which is going to be uh, premiering again uh, April 3rd. But if okay. you couldn't tell, like people call me like the Wikipedia of MMA and boxing, but I'll get enough credit for being a Wikipedia for pro wrestling because I'm a giant nerd when it comes to that too. You know, like, um, so it, it's going to be coming down to character development because again, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be commentating exactly what I expect from a pay per view where I want to find out the backstory of a character. Like the old school WWF attitude, like error with Jim Ross, Jerry the King Lawler, uh, Vince McMahon when he was commentating, uh, Grill Monsoon, where they're telling backstory, they're telling their road to lead uh, to this one event, uh, what they've done in their personal career, what they've done in their professional career. And I want characters that are just as relatable to me, to the viewer. So how I'm be commentating is one, I'm going to be watching all their previous work. I'm going to be watching all their matches, which I already have started. Um, watch like, obviously I know Terry Hart's backstory and I, I, you know, good, bad, and the ugly, you know, again, it's not what you accomplish, you overcome. So, uh, you know, while Teddy Hart, you know, I have a lot of respect for him and I met him and I've talked to him and picked his brain. He truly has a mind for the pro wrestling industry and truly is one of the most innovative and to this day is still one of the best wrestlers in the world in my eyes. Um, you know, and like, uh, Shan the Cannon Rich, obviously he's a friend of mine and, um, I grew up a fan of his. So watching his old fights and everything like that. So being able to add that and educate the viewer about this person, about this character, making them relatable, putting them over strong again, selling everybody. No, even in MMA, I, even if someone gets brutally and viciously knocked out, I'm still selling them strong where, you know, they just had an unlucky night, but like, look at what they did in the past. Look at, look at their amazing work. What, look at what they have contributed to their crap to be the best they can be even on their worst day. And today might've been their worst day, but they're going to be back and better than ever. I want to put over everybody strong and make and reach out to every single viewer reach out over the television and say, this is why you should cheer this person. This is why you should boo this person. But, you know, again, creating that character and everything like creating that, but also, you know, putting over their past work. And just like Stone Cold Steve Austin, people became a a, a fan of his, even mankind. People started cheering for mankind saying Floyd was God, even though he was still that bad guy, weirdo, um, you know, even though people start cheering him because they appreciate what he did. They appreciate when he jumped off the roof of his friend's house and they, they appreciated of his journey. And I, I want to reach out through the television and tell people uh, why you should cheer this person, why you should respect both these people, even though they might be a face or a heel, you know, really sell everybody strong, despite the fact that they might be heels and uh, baby faces or heels, you know, I'm going to have to go by that format, but at the same token, I want everyone to respect these athletes, these incredible athletes for all their accomplishes, uh, accomplishments leading up to this one event. And I'm sure every match is going to be uh, a show stealer. So, you know, that's, that's my goal is to make, make people be fans of these great, this great talent that's going to be featured at Heart Legacy Wrestling. So you said you have, uh, you know, Teddy Hart, obviously he has this aura about him. Uh, I don't, you know, you just read about, just give us your own account of what, who is he? Because, <laughs> you know, I always feel like you hear, well, he's, you know, I don't know how to describe him. You know, I, you just hear all these stories because uh, he was in WWE, I think, for a little bit. 
but never appeared on TV. Like he was recently signed as far as I think a couple years ago or this past year. Yeah. And just never got on TV. I don't know if that's the, like you said, I hate saying the outside the ring stuff or whatever, you know, his anyway, sorry. I'm not describing him well, as you could tell. Cause like, I, I think for a lot of us, you just have to read what you read. I mean, we don't, I don't know him per, you know, I don't have any idea. Um, yeah. So just tell me your own account of him, I guess. <laughs> Give us some one insight of, if you know him. One of, one of the nicest, most humble guys who has every reason not to be nice and humble. I mean, let's, let's just put it in perspective. He was handed a development mental contract in 1999. Like he was like, I don't know, 19 years old. Uh, he had a lot. He had big shoes to fill. You know, he had to live up to that heart legacy name. And I think he's done a very good job doing it, you know, but at the same time, I'm I'm not perfect. Anybody that criticizes, I'm I'm an imperfect vessel, just like everybody on the planet. Mm-hmm. We all have something in common where we're all imperfect. You know, people make mistakes, people, but yeah. again, not what do you accomplish, you overcome. You know, he at a very young age, he had that he came from the heart heart family where you're expected to be great at everything, which he's one of the best wrestlers still to this day in the world. But I I I think he doesn't get enough credit for how innovative he truly is. I, I think he was given a lot at a very early age when you're still trying to find yourself and develop as a person, but you're giving the keys of the castle right away. People fight and dream to be part of the WWE. Like they're, they're Shawn Michaels. Look how hard he had to work mm-hmm. to, you know, he even got fired when he was a part of the Rockers and he had to, uh, yeah. you know, go back to the AWA. I mean, Teddy Hart was so talented and People expected so much from him at a very young age when he should have been like, you know, at 19, like think, think back to when you were 19, how many mistakes have you made? Like how many things have you done? And like, how many, how, how much development did you have to do as a person? You know, he was given so much so soon, but I, I like, like he's still going on with life. He's still one of the most athletic best wrestlers in the world. And by the way, you know, for everything, all things considered, he's so humble, so approachable, so easy to talk to, so easy to pick his brain. Uh, he's one of the nicest guys I ever met. And anybody that says otherwise is wrong. You know, if you had enough time to sit down with him like I did, he's one of the nicest guys I ever met in the pro wrestling space. And then I'm still unsure. Where does he fall in the line of the Hart family? Like, who is he? Is he related directly to them or did he get into the I always forget where he falls, so I apologize on that and not knowing yeah. where he is. Um, he is the son of one of the Hart sisters. Um, the name. Okay, okay, okay. About That's what I just so one of the Hart sisters because there's what how, nine kids? Uh, yeah, like, I think there were twelve kids, eight or nine. Because Owen was Owen was the youngest. Owen was the youngest. And then there's all, and then there's all. You know, I know there's a couple sisters and brothers. So yeah, um, yeah. I I always forget where you know because uh, also there's David Hart or David. H. Smith, Harry Smith, mm-hmm. who was British Bulldog's son. Actually, that I might be confusing. So I think he was signed for a little bit of time and never got the chance to be on TV. But um, I mean, that, yeah, like you said, that's got to be a lot of pressure being in a heart. You know, I mean, I mean, look at Natalia. She has, you know, you know, she was kind of, I don't, I think she probably didn't have to live to the pressure as much. Yeah. I hate to say be it as a girl because who knows what they expected out of female wrestlers you know what i mean like yeah. and then when you could consider jim the night heart versus bret hart <laughs> i mean yeah. that's 
I mean, that's not comparable. Sorry. You know, the fact that Natalia Hart had a match and they had Brett on TV with her, <laughs> that says all we need to know about, you know, where they position Jim the Nightheart, even though that was her dad. Um, yeah, and, but, yeah, and just to cut you off, Harry Smith was part of the New Heart Foundation, and originally uh, Teddy Hart was supposed to be on that in that spot. Okay. And, from, okay. and I, again, I don't know the situation behind it, but Teddy Hart was, uh, you know, part of the New Heart Foundation, and okay. uh, Harry Smith was uh, a part of the WWE for a while. Uh, you know, you could have put the entire company on his back. You know, his promo work is great, his ring work is great. He's also uh, a very, very talented grappler as well. I think he could definitely have a he can definitely cut his teeth in uh, mixed martial arts. But do you expect anything less from the Hart family? I mean, the Hart Dungeon were training just they were training pro wrestlers, but they're also training shooters. Uh, and Stu Hart came from a shooting background. Uh, he was definitely a, a brawler. He he used to go to the local YMCA where he lived, and he used to get stretched out. And then you know he was uh, the nail for a while, and then he became the hammer, and he used to bring down wrestlers, aspiring wrestlers, and just beat them up uh, in the Hart Dungeon. And you know. And how innovative is the Hart family? And I, I bring this up, and I brought this up to Teddy Hart, but Owen Hart saw the potential of Ken Shamrock, and they had a Lions Den match. I think that was the first time after, during the dark days of mixed martial arts, where, you know, they were putting over UFC strong. Uh, Ken Shamrock, of course, the world's dangerous man. Um, you know, he brought his uh, UFC repertoire to the WWE. Uh, shout out to Ken Shamrock, by the way. Ken Shamrock was on my show a couple times. He's a great guy. Um, follow him on Instagram. And, um, yeah, uh, Owen Hart, they had great matches in the Hart Dungeon, the Hart Dungeon match. I mean, the Lions Den match, um, you know, brought that submission style, that stretching, that, you know, great, great wrestling. Uh, and what do you expect else from, from Owen Hart? But, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's uh, – uh, Natalia was uh, was a different different story, though. Natalia, I think, was the first uh, female from the Hart family to break in uh, to uh, WWE. So I don't think I, – I think – Already, she would surpass everyone's expectations because with the women's yeah. division it was divas. You know, this was uh, fresh off the heels of the Attitude Era, where you know, with females, they weren't really necessarily considered the best wrestlers, or their work rate wasn't. You know, they, they were expected to do bra and panties matches, and you know, they were. But you know, Natalia was great for when she entered because you know you saw them as all divas, but you saw Natalia as a wrestler, and that's why you know expectations were always low for the females division, but. I think that's why Natalia was able to blow everybody out of the water. But well, there's that that weird time period between, like, when they're listed as divas, like the Bella Twins and Michelle McCool and um, Layla uh, and well Beth Phoenix. I mean, yeah. uh, there there was just that weird, you know, and those obviously the Bella Twins because they surpassed everybody outside the ring. They will always get the limelight of it yeah i mean that's let's you know that that's a whole nother <laughs> conversation yeah. but you know what i mean like we can't do anything about that you know that that's the w like you said that's the w machine i mean that's why it's so funny like someone like oh. titus o'neill who does yeah. all this great work outside the ring but then he doesn't really get it in so you know what i mean like his greatest um contribution is falling at the greatest royal rumble and slipping under the ring like that's all titus o'neill is known for but then he he has a, a school, he has all this. And now they did give him an Ultimate Warrior Legacy Award. So they kind of, you know, that's just funny, like how you go back and forth. Like I said, you know, it depends on what you're breaking in through. But anyway, you know, that's all. Like I said, that's, that's just off topic and <laughs> a conversation for another day. So, uh, but Natalia, 
Um, she loves her cats. I know that much. By the way, your cat has been making an appearance on the podcast. Uh, oh, Dimitri, yeah. What is, what is the cat's name? And what's he all about? Uh, so I, I, I originally named it Ali after the great Muhammad Ali. Okay. Um, found out it was a girl, so I named it Aliyah. So my cat is okay. named Aliyah. Great chubby cat. Uh, she's one of my favorite things in the world. So, yeah. <laughs> she's made up here. You should call her Layla, right? Is it that uh, Ali's sister or daughter? Sorry, daughter. Daughter. Sorry, sister. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was, no. well, she was pretty, and she was quite the boxer, right? In her own right. Correct. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. Layla, and this is, um, you know, it goes back to um, what we were talking about, how Natalia was able to blow past expectations because nobody really had expectations. But Layla Ali, I used to, yeah, people don't know this, and this is going to be probably the first time that you heard it, but do you know that Layla Ali fought against Joe Frazier's daughter? Did, no, did I didn't you know, know that. No, I didn't yeah, know. You didn't know that because nobody promoted nope. women. And, and, you know, add to error, I'm not complaining. Listen, watching Sable and Deborah, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was great and everything. But the the I also want to see good female work. And, like, you know, MMA, it's nothing without female competitors, the best females in the world as, as well as the best males in the world. And, you know, both both sexes, the best in the world competing. Um, you know, Alondra Blaze, WWE hinted that they were really going to invest time and energy and money into the women's division. Like WrestleMania 1, where you had uh, – that singer, uh, Cindy Lauper in the corner for yep. uh, her match. Um, I forget her name. Completely slips on memory. I apologize. Uh, Wendy Richter. Richter. Yes. Yes. Wendy Richter. Yes. And, you know, Fabulous Mula, you know, when, you know she she was uh, in the ring when she was like, what, 70 or 80? I mean, you know, you, you saw glimpses of greatness. Uh, Alondra uh, Blaze had great work in the uh, uh, early to mid-90s. Uh, you also had WOW, uh, Women's Wrestling. Um, you, which is you, trying you, to come back. Which is trying to come back. Trying to come back. Should be um, interesting to see what they do. Yeah, and also you had, um, you know, when it comes to MMA, you had Smack Girl in Japan, where uh, somebody that just um, just retired, the Happy Warrior, uh, she used to fight in Japan, uh, and MMA had a big boom, not just from the male division with Pride and Pancras and and Shudo, but they also had Smack Girl, where where it featured. And highlighted women's MMA. I I, I think Ron, uh, I think Ronda Rousey was a necessary evil to come into the UFC and come into Bellator and well not Bellator Strike Force to push the needle and show this is why it's so important for women's MMA for women's pro wrestling. I think she was a reason also for the uh, women's movement in uh, pro wrestling as well. And now you see women putting on just as good if not better matches than their male counterparts. And, you know, even though I love the attitude there and, you know, I love seeing those girls shaking those things, but like at the same time, I want to see the best talent in the world. And now WWE is finally out there. Uh, e, uh, e, um, AEW, sorry, just had a brain fart. They're also <laughs> featuring the women's division and this women's movement is, it's been phenomenal, you know? Well, and uh, it's interesting to think about the attitude era. Like I hold it in ridiculously high regard because we grew up with it, you know, that's what yeah. I watched. But then I think what matches wrestling wise are good. And I'm like, because then it's <laughs> funny because you think about the ruthless aggression that kind of shifted to the wrestling aspect. Yeah. Um, especially nothing beats the SmackDown six, as I like to call it with um, now, of course I'm going to forget all them, but edge 
Undertaker, um, Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, and then uh, I forget there was one, but SmackDown was becoming a thing of trying to push the wrestling idea, you know, and getting good matches. And like you even brought up, I mean, John Cena goes out and, you know, tries to put his own with Kurt Angle. Well, Shawn Michaels or Kurt Angle. Uh, I thought they had a couple 60 minute classics, you know, so, um, you know, I, and then of course, NXT really helped women dressing like Sasha Banks, Bailey, NXT takeover in Brooklyn. I mean, and the storyline was, you know, that's, it was Bailey trying to overcome everything. It was Sasha being the evil heel and knowing that they just wanted to tear the house down. And yeah. the thing, oh, they were in the middle of the night. Are not, they were I, Well, they were second to last match. And then Kevin Owens and Finn Bauer still had to follow up with the ladder match. Like, I think some people forget about, <laughs> like, that was the next match. And I think uh, Justin Thunder Liger was actually on that same card against Tyler Breeze. Like, what, you know... Who would have, you know, but Sasha and Bailey? I mean, the four horsewomen, like yeah. those four women, like Bailey. I love me some Becky Lynch and Sasha oh, yeah. Banks and Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte, think what she had to live up to. Yeah. You know, to start at for doing it for her brother. I mean, that's what she always says. Like, she really didn't want to do a person. You know, she, she wanted to care on his legacy in some way. Uh, but she, I mean, she's built her own. Can you say she's pushed down our throats? Of course. But then again, to kind of be at the top, sometimes you have to have that little shove. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. you know, it, it's probably time for her to step a little bit away, but that's a whole, that's another ball of wax as well. So, um, but, and then, you know, Natalia, I, she'll probably never get the credit or even Beth. Now Beth, it's funny with Beth Phoenix. I think now that she's been featured more on WWE TV with edge, on commentary, she's starting to get, I think she's getting more of the love than originally when she came out. But to think what she brought, the claim is on. You know, she brought this beef, I, I hate saying beefy, but she brought a strength that we hadn't seen, you yeah. know, I mean, to a woman, you know, not the blonde, you know, she was blonde, yes, but she wasn't built like a, you know, sable. Um, I mean, Trish Stratus started as a valet. Yeah. And then, you know, doing stuff yeah. for the Dudley boys, Stacy, you know, and it, but it is interesting to see, like you said, I mean, I think like you, I think Ronda Rousey, I think the U.S. women's soccer team deserves a lot of credit for women's sports and women trying to break through some of that in general, too. So uh, just my own, you know. And but, um, to your point, and I, I just want to bring up a couple of things that you brought up where um, with the Ruthless and Grushin era, probably the last great era of professional wrestling for the WWE, the WWE side, uh, women, you, you saw the glimpse of great work rate from the ladies. Uh, you, of course, you had the hot lesbian action and everything like that, but you also had Jazz who came from ECW. You had Trish Stratus. You had um, Stacey and Tori Wilson. They were cutting their teeth and being more than just, you know, good looking ladies to look at you know they they started wrestling the matches especially with uh like stacy keebler was teaming up uh during the evasion angle stacy keebler was te- teaming up with uh taz and tajiri was te- teaming up with tori wilson mm-hmm. so you, you saw great matches coming out of the women's division victoria by the way victoria also great she'll wrestling. never get the credit she deserves either never I mean, she never, really ever. broke she broke a different type of model you know like her and lita that just could kick your ass i mean they 
Uh, Victoria could probably kick my ass. I mean, I'm not ashamed <laughs> really to admit it. So. Oh yeah, and 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 also great work rate too because you had Chris Benoit, uh, you had Eddie Guerrero, you had uh, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, uh, HBK, you had Billy Kidman, you had all these probably the best, most robust, uh, like wrestlers and robust roster to ever be a part of you know the WWE. Yeah, you know Goldberg came back in in two thousand, excuse me, uh, two thousand three. Um, yeah, just great talent all around. Um, well, and I, that's really all I got today. Do you want to plug what you'll be doing again for us? And, uh, we'll, we'll hope to have you on again soon. And maybe we so. can, you can join us for one of our, 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 so what we do mostly with me and Greg is every Saturday, we just recap the week in wrestling, you know, oh, yeah. get up some big news and then recap it. So I can always give you a little heads up, you know, so then that way you can watch if you don't watch as religiously as I do. Uh, you can at least catch up that week, and uh, I'm sure you'll be able to catch up and see what's going on. But uh, so, Heart Legacy Wrestling, March 26th, mm -hmm. correct? Uh, yes, and what is the what's going to be our main event that we're going to be watching for that night? Shin the Ken Rich is going to be wrestling Pride veteran, MMA legend, movie star, which his uh, movie is premiering this Friday, Time to Die, on Netflix mm -hmm. and in theaters. Starring uh, Bruce Willis. He's going to be in that movie. Shout out to my my good buddy, uh, Shannon Cam Rich. He's going to be in the main event. Plus, you have all these incredible matches. You have midget wrestlers. You also have us. Um, you have the old age uh, medieval match, which is, okay. you know, an innovation. You know, and that's what I love the most. You're going to have the, the best talent that's going to be appearing. Uh, maybe Harry Smith. You never know. Maybe Teddy Hart. You never know. But you're going to see such innovative wrestling. A great night of uh, pro wrestling again heart legacy wrestling march 26th almarilla new york live at the first arena march 26th tickets will go on sale this friday go on heartlegacy.com heartlegacywrestling.com and you can also order the pay-per-view on fight plan and uh, fight tv so you go on fight.tv and uh you can also download the network um through uh fire stick roku Legal streaming, just kidding. Uh, but you can buy the uh, pay per view on there. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, thank you very much for having me. BW Sports, I'm a big fan of. Shout out to Dan, shout out to you. And thank you for having me on your show. Being able to talk wrestling, this is the first pro wrestling podcast I've been on. So being able to talk wrestling with somebody that has such a great brain and great mind for pro wrestling as you, you know, it's been an honor. So thank you very much I for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, we look forward to having you again. So uh, definitely catch it. So March 26th, uh, Heart Legacy Wrestling. We're going to see our good friend there, David Potter. You can follow him on David Potter IG. Is that where you want all the people to catch you? Yeah, please follow me there. Okay, good. And then, uh, yeah, so Fight TV, we'll kind of pull that out and um, look forward to talk to you soon yes, rather than later. Absolutely. Um, we will end it right there. I'll catch up on AW. So the big announcement, I believe, that we didn't get to, but it sounds like um, Tony Khan had bought the Ring of Honor, and now, so we'll see what that <laughs> means for Ring of Honor. Who called it? Who, who called it before you the show? Cody, but Cody Rhodes has not showed up yet. So we'll see. You still, do you do you want to throw that out there real quick for all our? Super kicking it. This is David Potter's official prediction about Cody Rhodes's future because, you know, we are all talking about Cody Rhodes because we keep seeing him post on IG that he's not doing anything, but obviously he needs to be doing something. 
Spoilers, and I guarantee this happens, Cody Rhodes is going to be the owner of ROH. Just saying. Just okay. saying. You heard it first. David Potter IG for all your David Potter needs. So uh, thank you for having uh, having for coming on. Start having <laughs> me on. Thank you for Stephen A for having Stephen A on. I mean, what better host am I to not invite myself onto this lovely show? <laughs> Fog brain is always hitting hard now, but yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely catch us this Saturday, eleven a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Super kick with Stephen. The Greg will be back. Fresh off his birthday. We'll talk to him about that and all your wrestling needs and this big news that Ring of Honor will not be under Tony Khan hand, Tony Khan's hand. And we'll uh, see what that brings. So that's um, the man. There we go. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.